This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Boy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey everybody, it's Kevin here. Today I have a special guest. It's Jeremy Sunny from Moonshine Marketing. Hey Jeremy, how are you today? Hey, doing well. How are you? Good. It's uh, cold here in New York City. How is it in South Dakota? I know you just told me that you're there right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it uh, surprisingly good, actually. It was like 60 yesterday, which is weird because we were like under feet yeah. of snow beforehand and usually it's like a frozen hellscape here <laughs> but uh yeah we had a we had a good bit of weather um but i guess it's gonna snow again sunday so we'll see <laughs> what made you like are you from south dakota i mean i know that you said like your teams are based out of denver but are you guys just traveling like how did you pick yeah yeah so <laughs> um yeah my wife and i are you know, besides owning a marketing agency, I figured I needed to like kick up the uh, millennial stereotypes a little bit more and, you know, drink some craft coffee and be a digital nomad. Um, so yeah, we're um, spending a little bit of time with my family right now. Just have some kind of like, you know, one of the things I actually love about this industry and what I do um, is just the ability to be super flexible uh, with location, you know, had some like family health stuff. Um, and so spending some time with them and then we're uh, moving on to Montreal for a few months and then we'll see where the, where it takes us after that. So that's sort of interesting because I think it goes kind of like why I started the, my company too. It's like freedom. It's like sometimes it's not about the money, but it's about like freedom to really just do whatever you want. Is that sort of why you started your own thing too? I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, kind of. If I'm going to be really honest, I was a money-obsessed, yeah. uh, like, <laughs> yeah. money-obsessed, like, 20-year-old when I actually started everything. But over the years, I mean, I've had the opportunity to, like, go in-house and stuff. And one time I actually did for about eight, nine months until I realized that that really wasn't for me a number of years back. But it's really interesting. It, it definitely became more about the freedom and the flexibility, especially as we had, like, kind of, our first kid and like, you know, our, our dream has always been to travel um, and kind of, uh, you know, see lots of different places and stuff. And so the money is good. The money's great, you know, and that's definitely a goal, but yeah, more about the freedom and flexibility than anything else I think has been, is what it's become. Yeah. I, I think eventually it always yeah. becomes like the freedom and flexibility, but going on there, how did you sort of get started? I know that for you guys at Moonshine, you guys do a lot of Facebook ads, sort of, how did you get started on that? I know that I saw that you were working with your friends on some sort of crowdfunding project. Is that really where you got started with the Facebook ads? Yeah, yeah. So um, back in the day, God, 2011, I was in college. I had a couple of friends that were comp size students. You know, back in the day, that was kind of the like, I don't know. I mean, I know startups have been sexy and cool for a while, but that was like, there was some like big, like kind of like, this is the like best way of doing things and don't go work for a big company. It was all very hype. And so we're like, why not? It doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And, it's so funny because that's really what it was before. It was like, I mean, that's like, cause I know we talked a little bit before and I was like kind of the same mentality. Cause like you would just like, don't go to a big corporation. Do you go to a startup? Cause you're, you're going to learn 10 times faster. <laughs> 
Right, right. Yeah, no. And so we, so we did that. So we were, you know, um, we started basically what was um, like a crowdfunding for like local small businesses in like our town, um, in our college town. And uh, it was a disaster. We burned a bunch of money. <laughs> Didn't really do much. We did, we, I like, we launched a product. We did a couple of campaigns with some folks, but you know, for a variety of reasons that we just didn't really think through, you know, kind of like product market fit and everything like that. And just, it was kind of a disaster. But the one cool thing that did come out of it is, you know, I was the non-technical founder or like, you know, the stereotypical idea guy at the time. (laughs) And so I was trying to figure out how to make myself useful as, you know, the other two co-founders were um, developers. And I said, all right, you know, I got to figure out how to market this thing. We need users, right? And so I turn around and I hit like, you know, that boost post button on Facebook way back in the day. And it turns out that I actually was like really, really early into Facebook ads, right? And so as that was kind of falling apart and I was kind of figuring out what's next, you know, just running in the circles of other tech folks are like, oh, you you actually run Facebook ads? Like we're curious about that, you know, and that kind of, is kind of where it all started. It's funny because it's it's exactly what you said. Like now, like you you probably talked to a bunch of brand owners and other agency owners. Like Facebook makes sense. It's like, oh yeah, of course you want to be on Facebook. Where before when you were doing it, it was like, does Facebook even work? I'm assuming that was like a thing that you yeah. got, right? Yeah, yeah. Like pretty much all the time, right? Um, and yeah. actually at the at that time, I mean when we first started, it was you know, Google ads were like the show, right? Like, and they still are to a large degree, right? But, you know, that was really the only game in town. Facebook ads were like a huge question mark to everybody else, right? And, you know, it's kind of funny, like in my earlier days too, it was like Facebook ads were seen. We didn't really talk about Facebook ads specifically, right? It was like, you know, social ads is what people would say. And like, like Twitter was equally a part of that conversation, you know, as well as some like, you know, other stuff, which it was just really interesting um, kind of to see how things have evolved. Yeah. And even I think back then people were so confused with like what social ads really meant and kind of what you're saying mm-hmm. before, it's everybody was doing Google ads. So transitioning to something like Facebook ads was like a big difference for them because obviously with Google ads, all you really needed was just a text, text mm-hmm. copy. And then, Facebook was like, oh, you actually need an image too. And we we're like, uh, what images should I put? And it was like a bunch of just traditional like videos that they've had, like telling the brand story. And it was just like a different sort of advertising method on Facebook. But yeah, I mean, I'm assuming like back then it was like everybody was not even, I think, I don't think back then they even had videos, right? It was just purely image ads. Yeah. At that point, I believe it was, I mean, I remember when carousels came out and that was like a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, so for a long time, it was just single image. You know, a lot of times too, people would like boost posts, like just text and stuff like that. So it was, it was pretty wild back in the day. And, and yeah, you were right. You know, earlier you said it was kind of like now Facebook's like an of course thing. And back in the day, it, it, wasn't really that like the interesting thing too is kind of see to it evolve how it evolves because back in the day i mean a lot of bigger more traditional agencies weren't like really doing anything with like paid social right or if they were they weren't doing it like meaningfully like they are now you know and so it was mostly like tech people and just like people that kind of stumbled into it and then like ppc shops specifically which i 
like I don't know I guess some folks do definitely still describe as PPC shops but that seemed to be like a much hotter thing back in the day was to do that specific just task and and and, you know so it's kind of interesting to see how it's like you know it was a very uh different groups of people were doing that now it's kind of blended back into the entire like ad industry like blob as it were that's so funny that you said that because it's it's something i never thought about but what you're saying just makes sense because even for us like here at Boy Media, like we started off as purely just Facebook ads because we were in that space. We, you know, we had our own e-commerce brands, like I was telling you, and we still run. So that's kind of how we got into like Facebook. And then we like, we then like sort of got into like everything else, Google ads, Twitter ads, Pinterest ads, because it's sort of like, it's kind of what you said, it's like now it's like one this aid marketing blob thing that you eventually mm-hmm. just get sucked into where before it was just like, oh, you we only did Facebook ads for a while. And now it's like, every brand owner is like, oh, I want to do Facebook ads and then Google ads and Twitter all at the same time with your company. We're like, okay, we got to build expertise in-house for each of these things now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. Like the, I think just like in general, I see this, right? Like across like a lot of industries or anything that like tech is like really like a deep part of, but it's kind of like the great unbundling and then the great rebundling, right? Because for, for a while, it was kind of like, okay, you know, we're going to unbundle this and I'm just going to hire like the best at this and the best at that. And I think that that still exists to a degree, especially for larger brands. Um, But like DTC brands, you know, I think you're starting to head back towards like where there's going to be, you know, a part of the industry that's definitely like full service, you know, and kind of does everything for their clients. And I think a lot of like DTC brands and stuff like that really like that, you know, as well as like, you know, SaaS brands and stuff. I get asked for um, full service stuff more and more these days. But yeah, you know, I think that there's still going to be like a a part of the market that's always going to be like specialist shops. You know what I mean? Where it's like a bigger company or, you know, um, like an outsourced, uh, like specific project, right? That'll like just be like kind of more consultants. So it's interesting to see kind of how things are evolving. Yeah, it's it's so funny that you said that because yeah, that's sort of, it's sort of how we kind of got started here. We were just, like you said, like specialists at Facebook ads, but like kind of said before, mm-hmm. everybody started asking for more. Like, oh, I want Google ads. Mm-hmm. I want this mm-hmm. thing. And we're like, okay, well, we're not, we don't have it ready yet. And we're, we, a ton of times we say, hey, we just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably, as you know, like if you say you can't do it to a client so many times, they're like, oh, well, like agency, blah, 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 told me they'll do Facebook ads and Google ads for mm-hmm. me. And I want now going back to the same mentality, it's like they want somebody that just does everything for them to see same messaging, same mm-hmm. strategy, same technique, same landing pages, everything that you can do for a brand. They don't want to be working with five or six people. But from but what I'm seeing, I'm not sure if you're seeing Jeremy, but I think it's like when you're working with smaller brands, they want like these specialists of like, hey, you're only doing Google ads for me. You're only doing Facebook ads. But as a, we've seen brands are spending anywhere between 200, 300K a month, they then want like one agency that does everything for them because they don't mm-hmm. want to be talking to five people every single week about a different strategy right. that agency might have. Right. Yeah. So it's actually really interesting that you say that because it's like, yes, smaller brands below that definitely want um, specialist shops, right? Mostly because they're probably doing almost everything in-house and they just need help with like a specific piece, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So it's like taking something off of like a CMO's plate um, and saying, okay, like, you know, I've got, I have to do all this content production and like this organic social media management and like customer support and like, you know, oh, and I've got to like handle our SEO and our PR. And so I'm just going to outsource our Facebook ads. Right. And so, 
Um, at the lower end, I think that you definitely have that. And then I think as you kind of move up the scale, right, like that, you definitely have people that want more full service. But I think then you hit a point where, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work on some accounts with like Fortune 500s, right? And they want specialists again <laughs> because yeah. they have like the, you know, a full marketing department, right? And so like you typically have one point of contact again. So I, I, I feel like, you know, once you hit like, uh, I don't know, like once you get like kind of into that bigger world again, it, it turns back into specialists. So I think the low end of the market and the high end of the market are specialists is what they're looking for. And then the middle is, you know, um, if you're dealing directly with clients, I should say, um, I, it seems like, you know, it's kind of more of a full service model. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's so crazy. Like I always tell people like my agency, whatever you do, everybody's going to be like for a different niche. There's so many mm -hmm. people in all these different markets that are just looking for your type of company. And it's really hard to be a company for everybody, but it's, it's like eventually like if you're just like for us, like we were working with some clients and they got bigger and they're like, Hey, you only do Facebook ads. Well, I'm looking for someone to do Google ads and you guys don't do it that I'm mm -hmm. going to go work with this other agency and then they're going to also do our Facebook ads. It's like, okay, we lost a client. So, you know, mm -hmm. you, gotta, you have to adapt and say, okay, well, these type of clients we want to keep. So we need to build some expertise in house. And right. I guess like, and that gets, a, and that gets like goes kind of goes to sort of maybe what you're doing with Moonshine, your agency, and sort of maybe talk about your services that you help other agency owners as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the, right. So that pressure of what you're talking about, right. Where it was like, let me take a step back for a long time. Uh, you know, we kind of took on clients directly. Um, we kind of like pivoted around a little bit trying to find, you know, a really good niche in the market kind of for us, you know, we're a pretty small team, just to be honest about four folks. And, you know, what we were kind of struggling because we'd like do okay, right. And then, yeah, they need a service that we weren't great at, right. Or, they would hire on another agency that was a specialist agency and then that they would like absorb us. Right. Or we would do well enough that they would, you know, kind of go out on their own and, you know, basically like we'd be able to scale them up to where they could hire like an internal employee to manage it and stuff. You know, it, it, it was, there was kind of, there was a struggle there for a while. Right. To like really understand where we fit in the market and, you know, kind of in the last few, few months and where we've kind of really been able to, see like a, a growth kind of inflection point. And, you know, I, I don't know if I'll say that we're at product market fit yet, but I think that we're definitely on the right path, which is we took a step back and said, okay, what are we good at? You know, what's our most successful clients? Alternatively, what has our least successful clients been? Like where, what's the biggest blowups been? Try and like put some patterns together and then, you know, kind of look at it and all of our big wins. All, so all our big losses, I should say was, when we tried to take on everything mm -hmm. and that's just not what we're great at. Um, we tried to take on content and branding and all of this stuff. And it just, it just isn't, you know, who we are. It, it wasn't what we're good, that good at. And so then we kind of took it a step back and said, okay, you know, what's that, what's that biggest wins. And it's always been when we've been doing collaboration projects, you know, with other agencies. Right. And so, you know, I've been lucky enough with, my like many years of Facebook experience and working with, you know, fortune 500s and unicorn startups and, you know, small businesses too, and everything kind of in between that sort of like media buying expertise has really been kind of what our reputation has been known for. And, 
you know, we were lucky enough to like get calls from like other agencies, whether, you know, just folks that I've networked with or that, you know, found some of our content or whatever and said, Hey, you know, do you want to pal up on this? Like somebody's our clients asking us for, you know, Facebook ads help or Twitter ads help or whatever. And, you know, we just, we're just not equipped for it. So we want to like white label you or subcontract you or, or whatever. And yeah, sure. You know, and those have always been big wins for us so I said okay you know let's be more intentional about that and let's say look we'll still work directly with clients but we're not gonna we're not gonna do this full service thing right like if we're working with you it's because you just need help with this specific piece and you know we understand that that might mean that we're kind of a, a fill-in for a short period of time um, but ideally they're large enough that you know they're looking to just totally outsource that bit but mostly what we're doing these days is finding really smart agencies kind of palling up with them, um, you know, creative agencies, content marketing agencies, and then doing all of the paid media services for their clients, right? So we, we kind of specialize just in that like paid traffic, paid media piece. Um, so that, that's been a really great niche for us. And we've been growing pretty rapidly since we kind of made that transition a few months back. That's, that's great. Yeah, because exactly what you said, even for us here, like, something we're interviewing like the thing is like as an agency sometimes you just need people that can help you fulfill the work because you might mm -hmm. be like i talked to other agency owners and they're really great at getting business but then they don't have like a great they don't want to be building a great team so for you you build the team and then you work with that agency owner to fulfill the leads or the the, the companies that he works with so mm -hmm. everybody is sort of great at something and some people are just better than others like for us like one, something we're struggling right now is just finding more media buyers because we have leads that want work mm -hmm. and then we just say like hey look we're just like too busy right now but mm -hmm. we just can't hire fast enough or the people that we hire just like it, it goes similar to what you're saying before they're they're like a different marketing background they're traditional like google mm -hmm. ads but i'm like they're like oh we're gonna do facebook ads and then we've hired some but it's like it's a very different type of person mm -hmm. especially now kind of what you're saying before <clears throat> where it's like a lot of Facebook right now is really about the creatives. And so we're looking for like creative people with some sort of like data background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So it's interesting. You know, what I was going to say is like, so the advertising industry, like any services industry, really right. Professional services industry yep. is usually fairly low margin and usually is fairly volatile in that. Like you kind of live and die by clients. Right. And like yep. even big agencies, you know, the biggest in the world, yeah, I was just problems. reading. I was just reading that. Um, I'm not sure if it was. It was on. It was on like Ad Week this week, where one of those big agencies just lost Popeyes to another agency, like the agency mm -hmm. of record. So, and they've they were with them for since like 2008. So that's probably a big loss for them. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you'll yeah read an Ad Week and all of those publications, right? And you'll see, oh, they lost, you know, some massive company, some agency, right? And they had to cut staff by like 40 percent. And you know, you kind of talk to people that have been in in the industry for a while and they go, yeah, you're just going to have to survive through layoffs and that's just part of it. And that's unfortunate. But I think that, you know, like those bigger agencies with, you know, a thousand, five thousand people, right, can kind of absorb that. And that's just kind of the game. For smaller agencies, it can be really devastating. So I think that one of the things that we offer is not only like, you know, platform expertise um, in that like, oh, you need somebody that's done Pinterest ads for e-commerce at scale. Like I've got you right now, mm -hmm. you know, um, no need to go out and hire everything like that. It can be cheaper because you don't need a full-time employee to do that. And then I think that the other thing though, um, which is really powerful is that we're just super flexible, right? We can help you kind of like help folks, uh, you know, 
scale like uh smooth out those um those, those ebbs and flows of getting and losing clients you know what i mean and so for us it's having lots and lots of ongoing relationships with many agencies there they're able to call us when they need us and we're there and if they don't need us well then that's okay too and so you know the other thing i like to point out too is that there's a reason that you know even in like large agency land the big holding companies and stuff like that they separate out their media buying department right they do that for a variety of reasons but um you know kind of having that internal specialist shop in kind of the family of agencies that they do is something that they've been doing for a long time and i think you know as um the boutique agencies and you know the uh folks that are are kind of just getting started and are scaling up right um as that space becomes more mature and as like people network better and stuff like that i think that it's going to move to more of a model or at least we're hoping so that <laughs> yeah. it's going to continue to move more towards a model right where people are going to like you know say okay you know we're an agency of record sort of agency or we're going to own like the client relationship and we're going to do that full service but because we're smaller, that means we're going to have to outsource a lot of things. And that's okay if we have like, you know, really trusted partners and we're just trying to position on our professional services side to be that trusted partner. Yeah. And, and I think what you're saying makes sense. And I think a lot of people sometimes think that just because you don't have it in-house, you're going to, you're probably going to find a partner such as yourself that is good at what they do. And that's all you guys do that. Sometimes people get scared, like, oh, I don't want to, you know, pass on my work to somebody else. But that's just with anything. It's like hiring somebody, an employee, or even working with a great freelancer or contractor. You want someone that's the best of the best. And, and that's sort of why for you, you're getting a lot of these relationships because your work you do is great. And I think sometimes people just are just hiring the wrong people, essentially. Because like, it's like hiring. It's like you sometimes you get a good worker, sometimes you get a bad employee, right? It's Right, right. Well, the nice thing with us, right, is that, you know, we, you know, we kind of come to it with, you're not going to get just like, one employee it's not all your eggs in one basket right like you'll have like a senior person and a junior person every time that we like attach to an account we'll understand you know kind of the the goals and stuff like that and then like work really really closely with the team right like typically we'll either jump into their slack or they'll jump into ours you know and so it's you know near daily communication we onboard folks into our asana so that they can you know see exactly what we're doing we kind of follow like a sprint methodology so things move along quickly um at a good pace and so you know, ultimately, we found that that sort of extremely collaborative uh, relationship with our agency partners has been super, super, uh, you know, impactful to not just them, um, not just their, uh, you know, end clients, but it's been great for us as well. So I think that that's, you know, that's been kind of what what we've been really excited about, um, you know, as we, as this kind of model has evolved for us. No, and yeah, for that makes, our, you know, for our clients. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So jumping on that, how do you sort of, for the brands that you work with, are, are you doing a lot of e-commerce, digital stuff, sort of like, you know, webinars? I think webinars are really hot right now on Facebook. Is that sort of stuff that you're doing or sort of where does your services sort of expertise lie? Yeah. You know, honestly, we do a little bit of everything, right? So... I mean, right now we're doing multiple kind of e-commerce, you know, website or like e-commerce, like conversion focused campaigns. You know, we also are doing like enterprise, uh, you know, like Fortune 500 lead generation campaigns. We're working across apparel, medical tech, like education, like tons and tons of different verticals. You know, it, it's kind of a little bit of everything, right? And that's kind of why 
you know, one of the things, like I said, that we've focused on is just really being masters at like the paid traffic, paid media side of it. And I, I don't want to say just paid traffic because we definitely like do stuff like run podcast ads for people and things like that. And that's not necessarily a direct traffic, um, you know, a direct traffic activity. But, you know, the thing that we've really just focused on is like, we can be broad because we've chosen just one very specific column. You know what I mean? Because we're just saying, Hey, we're just great media planners and buyers, strategists, you know, we can do all sorts of lead generation or local awareness or whatever. And and we can and have and are doing that. So it's been no, really interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I know exactly what you're saying. Because if you have a great strategist in your company, you can really look at a company and really, you know, plan a good roadmap for them and say, this is how we're going to structure your campaigns. This is how we're going to structure your landing pages, your ads. And then this is what the goal is going to be. And then you guys, as like a media buyers, are just like masters of bringing the traffic to make sure that the numbers make sense. Like no matter mm-hmm. what traffic, it could be Google ads or even Facebook ads. Well, well, the thing too is like we're collaborative in like the process of setting that up, right? Where like, you know, the agencies we work with are like, they're ultimately driving the strategy. They're ultimately understanding the entire funnel and all of that, right? And, you know, kind of focusing on all those things. But we're also coming in and saying like, you know, hey, you might want to consider looking at this platform. You know, maybe Reddit makes sense for this account or maybe, you know, Twitter makes sense for this, right? Or or Google ads or Facebook ads or podcast or whatever. So Mm -hmm. we help out with that planning piece. But yeah, ultimately the strategy kind of falls to like, you know, our agency partners and and we partner with folks that are really smart strategists from both a creative and kind of from a, a funnel perspective. So we've been, we've been lucky in that regard. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And something I want to definitely talk about is, I know that you told me previously you guys do a lot of podcasting stuff. I know that you're building some sort of podcasting platform. Can you sort of tell our listeners about that? I'm pretty excited about it and I don't, I haven't seen it yet, but I would love to, you know, just learn more about it too myself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we, so as um, kind of this has been evolving, right. And we're definitely keeping up with the professional services. We've been really successful there and especially this like agency partner model is something that we're focused on. But one, one of the other things is, that we're also focused on is like diversification of revenue, right? So like that whole kind of uh, speech I did or a rant about how, you know, the age is like any professional services is just very, very volatile. So we've been taking, you know, a lot of our profits, we reinvest into a few things, one of which is, you know, kind of internal education for us, um, which is, you know, we're buying ads uh, on behalf of Moonshine Marketing to like, like test out new platforms, try out new strategies, things like that, and produce original content around that. But the other thing that we're doing and uh, relevant to the podcast question is we are investing in like marketing and advertising specifically and very specifically paid media advertising um, SaaS products, right? And so our first... Our first one is going to be, it's called the Reverb Media. We let agencies, brands, um, and marketers of all sorts buy podcast ads um, on a very simple um, Facebook ads manager style platform. And so up to this point, you know, a lot of that is manual back and forth with podcasters. And then, you know, even if you wanted to buy it programmatically, you would have to have a very expensive, you know, like $10,000 a month or more. Uh, seat with like you know a large ad network 
network or something. Um, we are a, you know, ex no minimum. Uh, we are a no minimum platform. Um, you know, let anybody sign up and, and start running podcast ads today, basically. So trying to just take that, that those sort of lessons learned from the most successful platforms of um, Facebook and Google, and we're kind of betting big that podcasts are going to continue to grow, that audio advertising actually in general um, is going to continue to grow um, since more people are producing audio content and uh, consuming it than ever before. And so we want to just be kind of an in access point for folks that are, you know, interested in getting into that um, to advertise their, you know, brands, whether that's DTC or local or, or whatever. So yeah, I love podcasting and that's one thing that it's crazy how the advertising for podcasting is just really poor. Like it's, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense, right? It's like no one, like this is why platforms like yours are needed because there's, there's no one out there that's doing really great, easy podcasting that's self-serve. Essentially what you're saying, like Facebook ads, it's self-serve, like with 10 bucks and $10 a day or $10 a month, you could really yep. run ads. And with podcasting, it's, it's like what you said, it's like you need this huge budget and a lot of times you're just testing the platform for yourself or for your clients to see like what's the little ROI that I'm going to get to sort of see if this is a viable channel. Right. Yeah. So a lot of the times it is that, right? And it's a lot of manual work. You reach out mm -hmm. to a podcaster and you say, okay, you know, I really want to advertise on your show. And they go, great. Here's this package of 10 shout outs that I'll do. And it's $50,000. And, you know, this is the minimum entry point to working with me, right? Now I'm able to say, because you can buy it programmatically, and because we have like a self serve platform, and because we have some really great technology partners that we've been able to, um, you know, leverage to get not only great inventory, but great data. It's not like traditional radio, or even like, I, I guess, dare I say a traditional podcast, <laughs> you know, where you just get the audience that you get. Now we're actually able to leverage, you know, data sets from these huge providers and say, you know, give me somebody that's like an auto purchase intender or give me like a homeowner or somebody that's looking to travel or buys these brands or, or whatever, you know? So it's, it's able to be more of that very, very targeted sort of advertising inside of the podcast world. And you can just buy it as you go for, you know, the minimum of $10, like $10 a day or something like that. You can, you know, really uh, start to make like an impactful uh, amount of awareness for your business. So it's been, it's been, it's been really great kind of like, you know, starting off with just this assumption and just seeing like the huge response that we've gotten so far. And, and yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of one of the, the nice things is, you know, as a media agency right like we're always going to do the professional services and we're very actually aggressively expanding that but you know kind of diversifying into like owning the tech and owning the education pieces as well has been really awesome it reminds me of i'm not sure if like this is a platform that was out there for like back in the day have you heard heard of something like it's called like buy sell ads.com i think it were like yep. yeah it's, it sort of reminds me of that like one thing about the platform that was great about it was it's about like the premium placements on these websites or like, you know, essentially for you, the podcast is mm -hmm. sometimes you want to work with, you know, premium networks or premium podcasts that not everybody has access to. And then mm -hmm. it sort of creates much better relationship and you can really niche down and target people in your target audience, essentially. Well, yeah, I think that the big thing for us too is really rather than making one giant all in commitment on one mm -hmm. podcast, right? We can say, okay, 
let's look at like audience characteristics first mm-hmm. off and like not go all in on one podcast, but piecemeal yep. kind of, you know, target those folks across the many podcasts that they listen to or, or what have you, you know? So that's um, definitely kind of an advantage. And one of the things that we're really excited about with the platform that we've been able to, to kind of engineer so far. And so, yeah. And, and it'd be, I mean, like I listen to podcasts too, like, so it'd be great. I mean, if you could sort of see like, hey, like we know that, like, I know Kevin, I listen to like a ton of podcasts like about criminal crime, like I love like mm-hmm. a criminal whatever, crime junkie, right? And it'd be great to sort of be like, <laughs> I love crime podcasts. It's like the number one thing I listen to. It'd be great to sort of like, if you're an advertiser, it's like anything with marketing, you know, it's like you hear on like the three crime podcasts that you listen to and you're like, wow, this brand's everywhere. But that's just like marketing. Right. Yeah. And that's sort of, that's sort of what you kind of want because then it's like, oh shit, like this, this, this thing is, makes sense. That's a perfect example. So I'm like, all right, you know, if I need Kevin, right, and and this is such a great example, I don't really care what you're listening to. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, context is important, of course, but you know, if you're listening to a crime podcast or maybe like a local news podcast, and then like also an entrepreneurship podcast, I'm really just trying to reach entrepreneurs, or I'm trying to reach advertisers, mm-hmm. or or you know, e-commerce brand owners, or what have you. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's what's kind of really powerful is that it's kind of hard to match up, you know, what exactly are those audiences? Now there's some obvious ones like, you know, like the startup podcast, right. is going to attract startup people and stuff. But like, you know, oftentimes you, you have these kind of general interest podcasts and you're really just trying to reach, you know, a specific audience of folks inside of that. And so, yeah, you know, we, like I said, we've been able to partner with a number of like really great networks where we can offer kind of premium inventory, but we can also offer stuff too, like, you know, everything from like Spotify ads yeah. and digital radio even and stuff like that. And so just really, it's, it's kind of that audio focus. We lead with kind of the podcast element because that's kind of the vision, but we have quite a bit of uh, inventory through our partners and we're, we're really excited to offer that to folks here in about a month. Oh yeah, that's great. I was going to ask you, when is, when is this launching and sort of what is like sort of, I guess the launch plan for you guys with this reaching out to bloggers, networks, uh, sort of what's that sort of the strategy there? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. So definitely um, PR is going to be a big part of it. Otherwise, you know, we're going to kind of slower um, launch it with like a couple of agency partners. You know, we're going to be using it internally ourselves a little bit. And then otherwise, you know, like I said, PR launch, and then we're going to do a little bit of dog, uh, eat the dog food as well, right? And mm-hmm. launch some podcast ads targeted at entrepreneurs. Um, and so uh, our entrepreneurs, agency owners, folks like that. And so yeah, you know, it, it's kind of a multifaceted approach. But we've been lucky enough that with our kind of existing relationships, we have like a really great group of folks, we uh, are going to be using that are going to be using it right out of the gate. So and then for something like this, Jeremy, do you ever think about like raising funding or pitching at these sort of venture events for something like this? Or is it sort of all just bootstrapped? Yeah, you know, so I, I've kind of been in those circles in the past, right? You know, I co-founded a company that went through a pretty big tech accelerator. Um, and I'm not going to get into super specifics. But, you know, that's an interesting world. I just don't think that that's what we're really trying to do. And there's a lot smarter people that have talked way more in depth about this than I have. So, so take, you know, one person's very amateur opinion with a grain of salt. But I think that when you take on VC money, there's a lot of expectations around how quickly you want to grow and how much you want to, how much you should focus on just this specific thing um, and how much you have to scale. And that has a lot of implications around, you know, the kind of people that you hire and, you know, the kind of clients that you go after and things like that. And our vision really is kind of 
to move a little slower with this, which isn't really that popular of an answer in the business world. But yeah, move a little slower with, you know, move a little slower with this, grow more intentionally. You know, our, our big kind of vision really is that we think that podcasts are the future and we want like kind of inclusive access for folks. And so a big part of that is growing in such a way that we can accommodate you know, small, medium-sized businesses and kind of boutique agencies and, and things like that and really kind of focus on that as our base rather than just trying to convince, you know, gigantic companies that they need to like pour their entire budget into this, right? Yeah. So that we hit some <laughs> revenue goal set by a VC and oh, by the way, if we don't, we're all fired, you know, and we don't want to cut off our professional services either. We love our agency partners. We're like very actively growing that side of things as well. And so, yeah, you know, we've definitely... I mean, definitely thought about it. I think everybody thinks about it and, you know, had some kind of preliminary conversations with folks, but ultimately decided that it's not really the direction that we want to head in. No, that makes sense. Especially like, honestly, now there's so much like venture capital. Yeah, it's a great sort of, it's just a way to get funding. And now there's so much like alternative capitals out there that you can Mm -hmm. potentially use, especially for like SaaS companies or even companies that obviously like, let's for example, if you charge in Stripe, Stripe also now has Stripe Capital where they'll say, hey, look, we know that you're making, you know, 30K every month. We can offer you this loan for whatever, 100K. Now that's essentially like just debt and then you're not giving out any equity and then you pay it every month. So sometimes Mm -hmm. you need a little cash infusion. And I think now a lot of companies are offering that versus going to a traditional bank because now these companies are seeing all that revenue in like their systems. Mm-hmm. We use every, like, I mean, for example, for you do a lot of e-commerce and we do e-commerce too. Like Amazon has Amazon lending, right? So mm-hmm. through FBA, they'll be like, Hey, look, we'll, we can offer you 40 K loan. And with these companies such as Amazon FBAs, every time you need a payment, they'll just take it directly out of your account because you're using their platform. So there's mm-hmm. their, their risk is really low. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for us, I mean, we haven't utilized any sources like that. We've been lucky enough that, you know, kind of focus on profitability and Mm -hmm. keeping cost as low as possible has been something that we've been doing from day one. I think that another thing too, is that, you know, kind of the focus on the professional services and growing that has been really great for us. We've been able to, you know, store away some money and stuff. And so, you know, we're really trying to kind of bootstrap it, honestly. You know, and, and and if it comes time, I mean, I'm not I'm not completely opposed to like some sort of debt financing or like something like that. And we've definitely gotten some you know pretty uh, interesting offers from folks. But right now, you know, kind of keep as much debt off the books as possible. You know, kind of focus on just growing slower in that really intentional way is something that is really attractive to us. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah, there's that's so much different point. ways to think about it now. And that's what's great about like startups and entrepreneurship in like this modern age. It's just very different than before where mm-hmm. it, it, that's great for us. Like you just completely bootstrapping your startup is like a big thing right now. And there's so much bootstrapping podcasts just talking about bootstrapping and sort of, you know, what it's like. It's like what you said before, mm-hmm. it's like a slow and steady grind, you know. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. yeah. And 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 you know, like I said, no hate towards like yeah. the VC crowd, right? And some like and it's a super useful tool. And I think that there's a lot of VCs that have a ton of value add outside of just capital and stuff. It's just those those sort of growth growth constraints, actually, if you think about it, right? Um, because you have to hit these certain milestones, otherwise it's just not worth it, isn't really that interesting. And then, you know, and then the end goal is pretty much be purchased, right? And 
let's say, you know, what if this is just, what if this is just a really viable platform for, you know, five or 10 years and we yep. can just make a lot of profit and put it in the bank account and call it a good day, you know? Obviously, the goal is to kind of continue to evolve it and keep up with it. But, you know, I think that our goal really is just kind of focused on make as much profit off of it as possible, keep things lean, grow slow, grow intentionally, you know, and then, yeah, when when that time comes, you know, kind of make decisions about what, what we want to do on our terms, um, as opposed to, you know, just trying to get like a big exit for like a VC fund so that they can pay their LPs, you know? Yeah, no, it's totally different for everybody. And, you know, like I said, some things just require different sort of funding things, uh, investments. Um, okay, going on that, um, we, I want to know kind of like, how do you keep up with sort of, you know, marketing in general, you know, maybe Facebook ads, I know you're big into Reddit ads. How do you sort of keep mm-hmm. up with that sort of industries? Industry? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, podcast, first off, yeah. right? You know, big fan of uh, your podcast, obviously, Kevin, um, but there's handful of other ones that I listen to, um, you know, outside of podcasts, you know, really focused on, um, I get a lot of information from Reddit ad leaks on Facebook has been a really great community, you know, Facebook ad buyers also, uh, been a really great community, you know, you know, zest has been big. And then I read the industry, the industry stuff as well. So like, you know, uh, ad week, Digiday, all of that good stuff. So that that's that's about that's about usually what I what I'm reading these days. Yeah. yeah, no, same. Like Facebook groups, great sort of knowledge. This is interesting. Facebook groups, there's just so much knowledge on these groups out there that I mean, I I think about it like an SEO perspective. Like they're like the new forums, but they're right. just like not discoverable by like everybody else right now. It's like private forums essentially. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually been a really interesting thing. So back in the day, a lot of those were indexed. Right. And then they weren't at some point. Um, but it's um, and, and then I guess today I should say, too, is like with education is we make our own courses. Right. And we're getting ready to release a handful of those um, kind of out to the public now that we're happy with them. We make those ourselves and then we make them also in collaboration with some of our agency partners, which has been a really cool experience. But we, uh, you know, we spend money internally. Right. Like we have like a pot of cash and we're saying, OK, you know like if you want to spend $200 on this podcast ad, right? Or you want to spend, you know, 500 bucks over here on these Reddit ads or whatever, like, let's just see what happens, you know? So we run a lot of, we do a lot of like our own research as well. Um, you know, it's kind of a big part of our, our like education piece. And so kind of like understanding those and sharing those and stuff has been a really great way of kind of keeping up is like truly just doing new weird experiments, right? Like the other day, you know, I took and just Reddit has a maximum bid of $100 for cost per click for their ads, right? (laughs) Most of the time, those ads cost about 10 cents, right? Cost per click. But I bid $100 just to see what happened, you know? Um, And so, uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff like that, like doing weird experiments has been a big part of the education piece. And that's sort of crazy to sort of think about that too, because like the online education space is just getting more, much bigger now. Uh, and, and, And it's like a thing that I think makes sense because people want to specialize in something like you, you have your Reddit course. So people want to learn Reddit ads. Right. And I think it's more for marketing and sort of like some other sort of spaces of work where like stuff like Reddit advertising isn't, you'll never see that in like a college course ever. Cause it's like too fast. It's like the professors won't know what's going on. Right. Well, it, it, and it doesn't, yeah, it changes, you know, literally every couple of months, right? It changes. Like think about just even Facebook ads, right? Every six months, it's basically an entirely different platform. 
you know, and so I think that the other thing is, yeah, it's, it's very technician focused and that's kind of, you know, I want to be clear with the courses that we make. I have a lot of criticism about the courses space. I think there's a lot of people out there that are kind of unfortunately selling snake oil and it can be really hard to discern who is who. Um, but so ours are really, really tactically focused. Um, and I think that that's better. I think that, you know, um, sometimes there, there's definitely good courses out there and I'm not slamming everyone, but there's a lot of folks that are like, Oh, get rich quick or whatever. Right. And like we we try and avoid that because I think courses are really powerful and I think that they can be really impactful, but we try and avoid that sort of language um, and just say, Hey, here's how to do Reddit ads for a beginner. Here's how to do Reddit ads advanced. Here's how to do content promotion, right. With paid social, like that sort of thing. And so just like the more tactical, I think that we can get the better we're going to avoid that um, sort of crowd that's promising these like really outrageous results and stuff while also being able to like utilize courses and be able to make money for us and help folks out that, you know, we wouldn't be able to help. Right. Because, you know, maybe they can pay $50 for a course, but to have us run their like run all their Facebook ads or something like that would be, you know, thousands of dollars. So yeah, I think that that's been kind of our focus with that. And, and, you know, like I said, I think that one of the big, the best ways to learn is to teach because it really forces you to like ask questions in a different way and truly understand stuff in on, on a super deep level. It's funny what you said. Yeah. There's people out there just like, you see, I'm, I look at, I look at a lot of courses just cause like I'm interested in learning and yeah, sometimes I look at these courses and I'm just like, they're so basic and they just like don't really tell you anything, but then it's, I know what you're saying. And then I, t I show my friends like a course and then I'm like, they're like, Oh my God, I learned so much for that course. And I'm just like, oh, there's like nothing really there, but your like knowledge gap was so far from mine that I guess right. for you, right. it made sense. And, and I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. like I said, I'm not slamming yeah. all course creators. I think that there's yeah. that sometimes they've gotten a bad reputation because yeah, yeah. there are unfortunate, like in any industry, yeah. any industry, there's going to be bad actors or whatever. And I think a few bad apples spoil the bunch, but, or the perception of the bunch rather. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that our focus has just been on that like super tactical teaching. Um, and, and that's been forcing a lot of learning too, which has been a great yeah. kind of side effect. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're also working a course for like Facebook ads too, but yeah, for us, it's like, we're, we're in that same sort of space that your, your mindset, which is like, we don't want like this fluffy course. We want like super tactical mm -hmm. things that you can actually implement versus like, you know, how to make a dropshipping store, right? It's, it, right. There's, there's so many of those right now. It's like, they, they guess they're tactical in a way, but we want to make like re, build a real brand, build a real sort of community for your company. And, mm -hmm. and that's sort of where we think about it there. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Like I said, you know, you're a great course. Like I'm sure that your course like has an incredible amount of value and it's stuff. It's still in development. What? It's still in development. <laughs> still in development. Yeah, yeah. No, all good. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, you've already, as it's been in development, you've added an incredible amount of value. And, and you know, I know some really smart course creators and I, you know, I love those guys. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's one thing that we try and be careful of with the messaging yep. um, to not overpromise. Yeah. Um, and I, right? and yeah, and I, exactly what you said. I think some of these courses, like my friend's taking a course on like Shopify dropshipping by like one of these famous gurus. And it's like the stuff that he promised them, I'm just like, nah, that's not true. And it's funny because I'll, he'll show me, I have to access his ad account and then I'll see the numbers mm -hmm. and then like, I'll see him, I'll see like the whatever the, the guru post a screenshot of the account with like the, att the attribution just like completely like positive. I'm like, mm, the results aren't really what 
there yeah. are oh 28 d view through <laughs> like yeah. that sort of thing yeah yeah it's like uh i know what you're, i'm because I'm, I'm like hey like what's your results i'm like also like are you really profitable and he's like no but like when you post like a screenshot in the groups like no one mentions these numbers but everybody thinks like oh my god you're so smart you're making so much money but i'm like right. i don't you're not i'm like I, I know who this is and like that's not correct at all <laughs> Yeah. Do you follow Baller Busters at all? Yeah, yeah, that's the best one. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, they're like pretty much like that. Like, there's a bunch of these scammers on there that Baller Buster just helps sort of expose. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm a fan. It's been interesting uh, to see that. You know, and, and I'm glad that they're branching out, not just doing marketing stuff too. There's a lot of like really dodgy. God, I, the number of like crypto. <laughs> offers i get dm'd every day or like oh yeah crypto or like yeah. or forex is another one that has like a ton of unfortunately <laughs> it's crazy stuff but yeah i don't know um i think though the the course hopefully like the course the course is uh you know it's a part of our strategy for learning and teaching and i think it's been something that's really been interesting so far yeah no I, and exactly what you said before it's like we also want to do course just because we want to educate you want to teach and then also it's like you sell a course and then eventually like us as agency owners like eventually they'll be like hey can you help me run my ads or hey can you help me with my business and that's sort of like hey like because you want to teach them something valuable that they see that it's worth to work with you and that's sort of how we are thinking about mm -hmm. it too for sure and like just one more question jeremy because i know you got to go sort of can you tell our listeners how can they learn more about you your brand and also all the courses that you have coming out soon and of course, your podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you want to check us out, moonshine.marketing, you know, that's uh, our website where we got one of those fancy new top level domains. <laughs> so, yep. So moonshine period marketing, you know, that's uh, us. You're going to find everything there. You know, just want to talk about we've got, obviously, if you're an agency owner, you're looking for some help. Um, with media buying and planning specifically, you know, if you want to outsource some stuff or you need help with like a weird platform or something like that, you know, give us a call. Um, otherwise, you know, uh, get reverb period media uh, is going to be uh, the URL for our podcast buying platform and the courses will be coming soon. We've got uh, Reddit uh, ads, um, beginner and advanced that are about to drop. Um, and then, you know, in the next month or so, we're going to be doing a, a collaboration with one of our agency partners and dropping, um, you know, kind of the, the paid media content playbook. And that's going to be really exciting as well. So appreciate you. Uh, let me give all that a shout out. No, no worries. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that Reddit course. I mean, we, we've never done anything, but yeah. But anyway, yeah. Jeremy, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know you're busy and I know we're running over time, but I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Love it. Thank you so much. Really, uh, really happy to be here, Kevin. And, uh, you know, love, love your podcast and appreciate you having me on. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.